Tuesday morning, June 26. Big decisions. Supreme Court this morning. Two decisions. Uh, one declaring that, that the California law that required religiously affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about uh, the availability of state-funded services for pregnancy termination, gone. California law is gone and uh, the Trump travel ban back on. All right. Now, Dr. Jim Keeney. Uh, with some news, uh, Jim, who is the chief of staff elect at Mission Hospital. Jim, good morning. Morning, Bill. All right. Uh, a couple of big stories I would like to ask you about, and that's the FDA approving the first marijuana-based prescription drug, and it doesn't get anybody high. And my question is, why would you ever use a marijuana-based drug with the, and you don't get high? I just don't understand that. Exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, this, and so this has been known for a while, right? CBD oil um, has beneficial medical benefits. Uh, it's the non-high part of the drug, and so, yeah, it's been less popular. But now there's companies that are trying to purify that and use it for medical purposes. Um, it's been known for a while that it helps control seizures. I mean, like I've talked about on the show before, I, I, was, I wasn't that, that high on marijuana before as a drug treatment. But uh, then I had a patient that, uh, that, uh, that was a very young kid with severe uh, brain injury, and his dad was at his wit's end and had no other way to control his son's seizures. And he actually told me that he finally found this, the CBD oil, and his, his son, who would have six, seven seizures a day, all of a sudden stopped seizing. So, you know, it's hard to, uh, to be against something like that. You now, know? And that's what this company is doing now. Now, the FDA approving this... Uh the fact, and it just makes a lot of sense, the fact that they didn't approve it, did that have to do with the ban on marijuana itself, even if uh, this particular kind of marijuana didn't get you high? No, I mean, it's more that, uh, that uh, there's... Uh, now, it, I, my understanding was that they did, they're in the process of approving it. So, um, but, they, I mean, this was a small study, 500 patients. So, uh, you know, they, they may need, this may be the safety. First, first level is, is it safe? Right, and so the people, even though everybody uses marijuana, you know, not everybody, but large percentage of the population now is using marijuana. They, we have to prove first to the FDA that it's safe, so they need to provide those studies. Then the next uh, study has to be that it's effective, and it has to actually be more effective than currently available treatments for the FDA to be interested in approving it. So there's a few hurdles to go through, and uh, and that's just that's why the FDA is there. Does the FDA take into account? Uh, the anecdotal evidence of uh, millions, tens of millions of people over the the history of marijuana use uh, going back 50, 100 years, does they, they look at that at all or it's all double-blind studies? No, yeah, they're looking for specific studies. I mean, in the case of something like aspirin, which probably would have a very hard time passing the FDA these days, uh, you know, it, it, it was something that was already in use. It was already a, considered a drug. Uh, and so it kind of, in a way, grandfathered in. But uh, for something like marijuana, and especially if you're going to uh, purify one aspect of it, one of the, one of the chemicals within marijuana, they're going to want to see that that purified, uh, isolated form is both safe and effective. 
effective. So how does the FDA approve anything that the federal government still deems illegal? Uh, Ask me that again. I didn't. Okay. How does the FDA approve any drug that is deemed illegal by the federal government? That's true. I mean, so they're not approving marijuana per se, right? This is purified CBD. They're approving a chemical within the marijuana plant. So it is different. They're, they're purifying an ingredient in the CBD oil specifically. Uh, and the way they purify it, the method by which they use it, that all will result in, in a specific type of chemical and formulation that now the company is required to use when they produce this. So the FDA knows that every time, and that's, that's kind of the comforting thing, is once something is approved by the FDA, is produced by a company, you know you're getting the same chemical every time, as opposed to when you're you're getting marijuana plants, you don't know, you know, who grew them, under what conditions, where they were grown, and they may have different levels of these chemicals where one might be very beneficial to you and the other may not. So this is going to create some consistency as well. Now, uh, they approve this uh, for, uh, or they will approve it for specific treatments, correct? They're looking at a certain kind of epilepsy. So if it turns out this is one of these wonder drugs that is, uh, it helps a whole variety of ailments. Uh, does that take years and years where they just keep on testing in different areas? Yeah, so that's what companies do is, um, again, remember I said they have to, it has to be better than existing treatments. So what they're going to do is pick off the, uh, those hard-to-treat, what we call refractory epilepsy, the ones that, can't, that are already on multiple drugs and they're still having breakthrough seizures. So if they pick off that group and show that it helps them, it's a lot easier for them to get this passed. Now people can back into it. Doctors don't have to stick to FDA uh, recommendations. Once it's FDA approved and it's on the market, I can use drugs for off-label use. That's legal. And uh, so now a doctor could potentially prescribe it for non-refractory epilepsy, even though that's not what it was improved for. And uh, if it turns out, let's say you guess right, and it uh, works on another ailment, another disease. Right. Uh, do the drug you report to the drug companies, and uh, they go, "Okay, let's try it in that regard." Is that what happens? Right. They could, but if enough doctors are doing it, why bother? They're already getting the benefit without having to do all the studies, and so that's why they use this approach. They can back into a blockbuster drug without actually having to go through all that work. But they can't be, it can't be marketed for that particular ailment Correct. without the FDI approving it. So, exactly. Yeah. It can't be marketed. And so, but, but if enough, so that's, again, they're looking at the market. They want to see how many doctors use it. So Cialis is an example. You know, that was an erectile dysfunction drug, but a lot of uh, uh, urologists notice that it helps with uh, enlarged prostate. They started using it for that, and they were getting some sales out of it. But then they realized this stuff's kind of expensive. Aren't, people aren't going to pay for it out of their pocket, and the only way an insurance company is going to pay for it is if you get the FDA approval. So in that case, they went back and got the FDA approval. Okay. Uh, do you have time for another segment? Sure. Okay. We're going to come back and talk about opioids uh, that are not addictive. It's another one. Why would you ever buy an opioid that you don't get addictive to? I just don't get that kind of logic. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, Dr. Jim uh, right after I this. I feel like he's going to have a different opinion than you do. Uh, no, I doubt it. Now, let me tell you, he follows my lead. Okay, Jennifer Jones, <laughs> lead. Handle here in the morning crew on a 
Tuesday, and uh, it's a big Tuesday. Supreme Court just handed down a couple of uh, judgments this morning. A couple of opinions. California's law uh, that required religiously affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about state-funded abortion services. That's gone. Freedom of religion overruled that one. And also the uh, travel ban. Uh, President Trump's travel ban has been upheld. The last go-round, the third go-round. All right, back we go to Dr. Jim Keeney, who is Chief of Staff-Elect at Mission Hospital. Uh, Jim, when do you become Chief of Staff non-elect? January. Oh, okay, so I have to say Chief of Staff-Elect until January? For a January? whole year, yeah. I mean, it's actual position. It sounds like you're just waiting, but it's an actual job with actual, you know, stuff you do. Yeah, they pay you more money for this? A couple bucks. You know, it's gas money. Yeah, so it's probably not worth it, is it? <laughs> It's worth it just so you can say that, you know. You're chief of staff. Yeah, yeah it's good, it, it's good uh, it's around the cocktail uh, table. I get it. All right. Uh, now, uh, the next subject I want to I uh, cover with you is uh, in relation to the opioid addiction. And uh, I'm reading uh, that there is a way to uh, effectively have opioids without uh, the addiction aspect of it. How does that work? Well, okay, so the way opioids work is there's a receptor in the brain that it attaches to, and that's the receptor that experiences pain. The problem is the one that we use uh, for, or the one that's affected by the drugs that we use is called the mu receptor, and it's present in other areas of the brain, like the reward center of the brain, where you get that sense of euphoria, you get that sense of pleasure. Uh, Also in the respiratory center of the brain that, that gives you your drive to breathe. So that's our problem right now with opioids, people are dying because they overdose on them and they stop breathing and they get addicted to them because of that reward pleasure center. So the goal here is to find a drug that stimulates or that, that blocks the pain without blocking all those other things. Yeah. How do you get uh, a drug as effective as these opioids without the side effects? Right. So what's interesting about this article that came out is they talk about, so we have the mu opioid receptor, which is the standard one that most opioids hit, right? They found two new uh, receptors, uh, a kappa and delta, and the kappa one seems to be really good for blocking pain without blocking respiratory drive and without stimulating the reward center and the pleasure centers of the brain. So ideally, if we could get some drugs that are safe, that don't harm people, but at the same time only hit those pain areas, then we have the potential here to have uh, pain medications that are much safer uh, and don't cause addiction. So you can uh, swallow those, uh, eat them like Skittles, and uh, there's going to be no big issue here where they can actually give massive doses of this stuff with no real side effects. Well, you know, of course, every medicine has side effects, but at least without those really horrible, horrible side effects that we're seeing right now. I mean, right now we're looking at, you know, 125,000 people a year dying yeah. from overdose. Well, that's like, okay, so, you know, we talk about, I, I always compare things to 747s crashing, right? So a 747 has like 300 people on it. That's a 747 every other day filled with people crashing into the ground. And if that was happening, people would, you know, planes dropping out of the sky, people would stand up and go, what the heck's going on here? We have to do something about these planes. But because opioid addiction is kind of happening under the surface, it's just recently kind of hit the public mind. Yeah. You know, you know I've been talking to doctors because this is something that I'm particularly interested in because I happen to like opioids, as you know. And I scram- Actually, I don't. I hate you don't. Them. I know no, you don't. I know. I know. I, they make me sick to, as sick as a dog. So yeah. even in the hospital, I was having a, uh, and I was talking to Jim about this, I was actually having a fight when I was in the hospital. 
they tried to put more opioids in me than I wanted. I used to, th- I threw the doctors out of the office. I think they did because I know we had conversations you don't remember. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I know where all the bodies are buried uh, now. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, so right now, uh, what ends up happening is, of course, doctors are so cognizant of opioid addiction uh, that, let's say you come out of the hospital and intense pain. Uh, three, four days uh, worth of opioids is what they hand you. And then it's go ahead and take some Tylenol or ibuprofen as if it does anything. Right, right. And so ideally, right, we don't want people to suffer. We want to control their pain, but we also don't want to be the cause of a secondary problem, right? And so that's that balance that we're trying to hit. And so the problem is you're telling somebody, yes, I need you to be in some level of pain, but what level of pain is acceptable? And that's kind of different for everyone. And after you've had a few days of narcotics, you really start to see, hey, why why do I need to have this pain? I can just take these narcotics. I was talking to a doctor who said the entire philosophy of making you comfortable is out the window uh we're not interested in making you comfortable as you just said we want you to be or we'll allow you to be in pain it's just a level of pain and managing it yeah i guess i mean i i really maybe i'm still too hopeful i'm hoping that we can get you comfortable but not necessarily pain free how can you be comfortable without hurting well i think you can i think there's a space there where you can be comfortable and you, you know, I mean, a lot of people walk around with pain. They walk around with pain in their joints. They walk around. Yeah, but they're not. But they're not comfortable. It hurts. Yeah, but I don't know. I think there's a level where you can be comfortable, but still, you know, manageable. How about we use that word? Okay, and I think that's the language that's being yeah. used. Manageable. We, we want the pain to be manageable. We don't yeah. want it to be unmanageable. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, finally, uh, the uh, new kinds of anti-opioids that you've been talking about. Uh, is that in the works at all? How many years uh, down the line are we looking at this? For what? For for the for the drugs you were talking about, oh, the painkillers yeah. with, without the opioids. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know. You know, this is pie in the sky right now because what they've done. This is the the art. An article came out because they're using crystallography to actually, you know, uh, look at the receptor, look Got at it. the shape of it, and then match that up with chemicals that would fit perfectly in there. So we're not even at the stage of having found the chemicals yet. Right. This is just an idea. So right now it's still handfuls of oxycodone. Exactly. Got it. All right, Jim, thank you. Anytime. All right, Uh, Dr. Jim Keeney. Great. Always great stuff.